This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Well, today is a day God wants to do something special and particular in your life. You know, I was sitting there, Brother Bruce was praying and all, and I, you know, and I was thinking about this, you know, our heart, Jesus said, reflects the focus of our eyes. You know, if you want more peace, then change your focus. If you want more joy, then change your focus. If you want more faith, then change your focus. Isn't that right? It's all about where we're looking. Amen. You look at the right thing, you get the right result. You look at the wrong thing, you get what you don't want. Amen. All right. (laughs) Stop my message, but it's a good word for us anyway, isn't it? Hallelujah. Well, we're talking about God's engine for his vision God's engine for his vision and you know we have uh, been talking about that all this month and of course it's his people that's that means you and you and I it's it's us we are God's engine we are the people that God will use the instrument that God has chosen to use to bring about his vision here at Passion Church now we know this is a universal uh, provision, but I want to bring it right down to where we are because this is, you know, our field. Amen. This, this is our bean patch. This is what we're called to defend. This is what we're called to cultivate. This is what we're called to water and to see it grow as God intended. Amen. So, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm concerned about, you know, things that are happening other places, and I pray about them. But this is my chief concern because this is what specifically where God has put me, and He has put you. And so, you know, this is what we give an account for. You know, God's not going to ask me to give an account for the church in Kathmandu. But He is going to ask us to give an account for Passion Church here in Montgomery, Alabama. And so you and I, so we've been talking about each one of us uh, have a place and a part. You know, Paul used the body as an analogy, and I'm using, uh, you know, an engine, kind of bringing it up to date a little bit, because we all understand that. You know, uh, the engine in our vehicle brought us here today. It's made up of a number of parts, and all those parts working together in their proper place cause it to release power. And it's the same thing with us. As each one of us find our place and begin to utilize our gifting, it is working together with all the other parts, and it is releasing the power of God to accomplish what He wants to get done. You know, instead of just one person trying to to pray enough and believe enough and work enough and do enough to make it happen, come on. (laughs) What about if we all took our place, amen, if I took my brick and you took your brick and she took her brick instead of Bruce carrying all the bricks, it makes it so much easier, doesn't it? 
It's not hard. The only reason it's been difficult and we've been slow to get to make the progress we want to get, we've got to acknowledge this. It's not because God hadn't called us. It's not because God's not with us. It's not because God's not able. It's because many of us have not taken our place. Today, I want to talk about activating my gift. I mean, you know, maybe at Christmas, you, you know, you got a gift card. You ever got a gift card or... You, you, especially if you get a new credit card or something you, or a new debit card, you have to activate it, don't you? If you go try to use it and it's not activated, you know, it comes back rejected. So we want to talk about activating our gift. See, you may realize, you may have discovered that you have a particular gift that God's put in your life, but you know what? It's got to be activated to be useful. And God has given it to us to be useful, not to be boastful, not to be prideful about it, but in humility, use that gift as He intended in the body of Christ. And that, in our case, that's here in Passion Church. Think about it. How much un- uh, uh, untapped potentials is in the body of Christ as a whole, even here in Passion Church? How much untapped potential is here? That would, you know... Uh, uh, may, maybe some of you here, maybe some of you could be a worship leader. Maybe some of you are musicians. Amen. Maybe some of you, uh, you know, are really good at, well, you got a gift to working with children or young people or whatever it might be. Ushering in the media, whatever it might be. What, what, what kind of creative abilities has God given you? What, what, what a greater blessing there would be. <clears throat> We need to understand something. You know, the anointing is not just dependent on God. Don't we know that? When Jesus came to his hometown, you remember the story, you know, over there in Luke's gospel. He came to his hometown, and it says, you know, if you read up a few verses before he got to his hometown, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. So he was anointed, wasn't he? (laughs) So he came with that anointing to his hometown, but it said there he could do no mighty work. Because if the anointing don't flow, the work don't happen. And so here's the thing. If, if, if we are not all moving together, you know what? The anointing is diminished. See, we've got this idea that a few spiritual ones in the church are going to get it done. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Jesus was pretty spiritual in the synagogue that day, <laughs> wasn't he? He was, I'd say he was pretty anointed. He was pretty spiritual. The Bible says he had the spirit without measure. Well, there ain't any, there's not any more to get, is there, if you got it without measure? And so, you know, the Scriptures teach us as the body of Christ, we, we have a similar anointing in a corporate way. I don't have all the anointing just because I'm the pastor. You, you may, there may be people here that have spiritual gifts, but they don't have all the anointing. We each have a portion and a part. And if we come together and all those parts are activated and releasing, there is a greater flow. I tell you, worship would be greater. Prayer would be greater. Ministry to our kids would be greater. The word that come forth out of this pulpit would be greater. Hello. So how many gifts are waiting to be activated here at Passion Church? You know, uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians. You know, Paul speaking here, 
And he says that, you know, that the majority of people that God calls are just ordinary folk. They're just ordinary people, common people, regular people, ordinary people. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise, <laughs> not many influential, not many of noble birth. God chose the foolish things. Hello, foolish things. <laughs> I'm in that too. <laughs> A foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So here's the thing, God, God didn't choose, you know, one super-duper, extraordinary, super-spiritual person among us, and we just all go, wow. No, he said, he said, we are the ordinary, ordinary, ordinary. Everybody say ordinary. Ordinary people. Just people that, you know, we're, we're making our way by faith. We're, we're raising our kids. We're, we're working for a living. We're, we're dealing with all this stuff during the week. Hello. Amen. <laughs> you know, maybe the roast got burned or whatever. We're just ordinary people, aren't we? We got weeds in our yard. <laughs> I mean, we're just regular people. But here's the thing. When we take ordinary and we connect it to God... And his calling and his place on us, it becomes extraordinary. Extraordinary means excellent. It means excellent, of, of significance, of special worth. <clears throat> and that's what it's about. So we can move from ordinary people, and that's how the world sees us. They do. They see us as foolish. These people up there, well, me, you know. Man, they're, they're, I mean, that, that Christianity stuff's 2,000 years old, man. You need to get with the program. You need to get up to date. Come on, get with it. You still believing in that bloody cross stuff? Yep. <laughs> but they see us as foolish. What we're doing, it seems foolish. It's a waste of time and all of those kind of things. But here's the thing. When we find our place in God's a church in God's body, we find our place there. God's grace, we've already seen this, that is within that gift is released. The anointing that is upon us is released, and our ordinary becomes extraordinary. Isn't that what we see throughout the Scriptures? I mean, God chose fishermen, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, and you know, I'm sure that was a pretty rough bunch. You know, we, we kind of look back and we think, oh, Peter, you know, I'm sure he was just so polished. And so, no, listen, just go find a fisherman today. You can imagine a fisherman 2,000 years ago. They might have been what we would think is a little rough around the edges. They might have even used some colorful language. <laughs> but here's the thing. God chose them. <clears throat> he chose a tax collector. Oh, boy. I mean, Jesus was really out to make sure that his ministry was really 
looked upon in, in, in great uh, admiration, wasn't he? He chose the, 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 the most despised thing, a tax collector in that day. All of these things, but they're ordinary. They were ordinary people, regular people just like you and me. Didn't always do everything just right. Didn't always understand, you know, what Jesus was talking about. You know, Peter one time, you know, Peter so misunderstood him, he said, Not so, Lord. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? Boy, that's a, you talk about some pride. So they were ordinary. That's what I want to get you. They were ordinary. But when they gave themselves to God and His work with God, they became what? Extraordinary. <clears throat> you know the story. You know, I call it a rod, a rock, and a fish. Moses' rod, David's rock, and the little boy's fish, which we've already talked about. Ordinary things. When God called Moses, he had, what, he had a staff, a rod, or a stick, we would say, in his hand. And God said, what you got in your hand? Because Moses was like, now, Lord, if you're going to send me to Pharaoh, I mean, this is Pharaoh. You better send at least you know, a hundred angels with me. God said, no, I'm going to send a stick with you. Holy cow. Lord, come on. Can, can I at least have, you know, maybe I can at least have a Gabriel's sword or something. You take the stick. Wow. I don't know about that. I'm going to go and I'm going to confront Pharaoh and all his armies, the greatest power on the earth at that time, and I'm going with a stick. <laughs> and we know the story of David. I mean, Goliath, you know, he was, he was somewhere around nine feet tall. He was so big, he had an extra man to carry his, it, it, you know, it, his spear was like a weaver's staff. I mean, it, and, a, and a guy to carry his shield for him. I mean, this guy was enormous. God says, pick up a rock. A what? <laughs> A rock. And we've already talked about the little boy's lunch. Thousands of people needing to be fed. And all, all, they had, all he had was a small boy's lunch. And he said, here it is. What I'm saying is, see, when we take the ordinary, <clears throat> and we present it to God, and we activate what God has given us, the faith, the anointing, the gift that's within us, then all of a sudden our ordinary becomes extraordinary. You can defy Pharaoh. You can lead a nation out. You can defeat the enemy of God. God's blessing can be upon your little lunch and feed the multitudes. What can we do at Passion Church if we all begin to discover and use and activate what God has given us? I'll tell you, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. You know, <clears throat> we know this. The Scriptures teach us faith works. Now, there's, that's, a, that's a double meaning there. <laughs> faith itself works, when it's, but also faith will cause you to what? To work. Isn't that right? So faith works. Faith works when we work it. Faith works when we put it to work. Amen? You can, you can, have, you can have faith, all kinds of faith in your heart at rest, but nothing happens. James Put it this way, he said, faith without corresponding action is dead. And so when we begin to act 
upon, how do we act upon? We begin to use our gift. We begin to use it to serve uh, the body of Christ, to serve others. We begin to use that gift, no matter how small it may be. You may have a rock, I may have a stick, but when we get it to God, it becomes extraordinary. See, we look at what we have, and a lot of times we go beyond that, and we look at what we don't have. Oh, God, if I only had this, if I could only do that. You ever had that thought pass your mind? Boy, I have. <laughs> boy, I tell you, boy, if I just had, you know, Brother Copeland's anointing, or if I just had this teaching anointing, or if I just had that one, or I had this one, or I had that one. I mean, those thoughts come at you. But you know what we got to recognize is what God has given us, especially collectively, is sufficient. To do what he's called us to do. But we have to do something. We have to activate it by faith. We know this. Faith pleases God, right? We know that. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So here's the thing. If we're going to please God, we have to live and move by faith. That means that I recognize, number one, I have been given something that is not just for me. It is for others. It is for the benefit of God touching other people's lives and bringing them to wholeness, encouraging them, bringing them uh, to salvation, helping them to grow up in Christ, whatever it might be. But there's something there. And if I don't use that, then you know what? I couldn't be pleasing to God, could I? Because it says, without faith. It's impossible to please God. So if I'm not using that gift that God gave me, no matter how ordinary it may be, then you know what? In that area of my life, I'm not pleasing to God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Corresponding action releases the faith, and it will release the grace and the anointing that is in the gift God's given you. I'm telling you, when God's power came on Moses' stick, he led a nation out. He led a nation out. He brought Pharaoh and Egypt to its knees with a stick. A stick. (laughs) David took care of Goliath with one rock. But what if they hadn't? What if, what if they, they just decided, well, you know, I mean, I got a rock and a sling. What's that going to do against Goliath? I mean, he, you know, he could look around and see all these veteran soldiers there on Israel's side. They'd fought in campaigns. They were tough, hardened warriors. He was just a little old shepherd boy. What could he do? Look at Matthew 25 for a moment. I want to be, and I think this probably drives me more than anything, I want to be a profitable servant of the Lord. I'd I'd rather have that than the blessing of the Lord. I'd rather have that than all the stuff that God can give. I want to be profitable. I don't, I don't want to stand before the Lord. And he said, boy, I tell you, you didn't do anything with what I gave you. Well, that'll be a joyous day, won't it? I don't think so. 
And I, I don't, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all this. This is the parable, you know, of the, of the talents, the gold, the, the bags of gold that were given to each one and so forth. But what I wanted to get down to is this, and I, most of you are familiar with this. You know, the one that had been given ten, he went out and what? He had some corresponding action, and he did something with what the Lord had given him. The one with five, he went out likewise and did something with what the Lord had given him. Now, here, here, here's the case. In each one of these parables, some, they vary just a little bit here and there, but the thing that is common in all of this is the one who had the least it was the one who did the least with it. He didn't do anything with it. And I think it was this. He had a perspective, you know, I haven't been given much, so, you know, I don't need to do anything. He didn't esteem, he didn't value what God had given him, whereas the others did. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you value what God has given you to the degree that you're going to what? Do something with it. You're going to have some corresponding action. You're going to activate that gift by beginning to what? Utilize it. Use it. Even if it looks like it's a rock. It's a, it's a stick. It's a lunch that's too small. I don't know what. I don't know how in the world. You listen. When God's hand comes upon it. When God's anointing comes upon it. It becomes extraordinary. You remember the, 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 the prophet's widow that came to the prophet and said, you know, my husband's dead, and now, the, you know, the, the, he owed debt, and the, the debtors have come. They're going to take my boys away from me and everything. And the prophet said, what have you got in your house? She said, I got 50 barrels of oil in the house. She didn't say that, did she? I got 10 barrels of oil in the house. What did she say? Got a little bit of oil. A little bit. A little bit. See, we think, boy, if I had 50 barrels, I'd do something. What about the little bit? You got a little bit? You know this, what the prophet said. Go get, you know, bar containers from your neighbors. And he said, borrow a lot of them. Borrow a lot of them. See, God, God wants to, there to be a continuous flow. And you know the story. As long as there was a vessel that was there, an empty vessel, the oil continued to flow. Now, here's the thing. It was just a little bit. You know, if she, she, she stopped and she, you know, and she put that, whatever that container was, that pitcher or whatever it was, that she had that oil in. When she looked at it again, it was still just a little bit. She poured that thing, a poor fill-up 10-gallon bucket. And it still looked like a little bit. See, that's the problem. We focus on our little bit. Oh, it's just a little bit, God. What difference would it matter what I do? What difference would it matter what, I, I mean, my prayers? What difference would it matter, you know, my little bit of giving? What difference would it matter? Listen, when you activate by faith what God has given you, it becomes anointed by God. It becomes something that becomes supernatural, extraordinary, and it can meet a multitude of needs. Now, notice what he says here with the one. He said, take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more. You want more? Do something with what you got. Value what you've got. Esteem what you've got. 
He said, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even when what they have will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant. Woo! That's NIV. I think King James says unprofitable. I think I like unprofitable a little bit better than worthless. Boy, that's, that's strong. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't know what all that means, but it don't sound good. That's all I can say for sure. <laughs> Amen. All I can say is that don't sound good, does it, Brother Bruce? I'll let you decide what all that means, but it don't sound good. I don't want to be out in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you? <laughs> and that, so I want to be a profitable. My will, and so this is the thing, my will or his will. When it comes to using what I've got. Boy, I tell you, you know, the first time you, you use uh, what a, a gift God's given you, I'm telling you, you, man, I mean, you know, it's, you, might, you might feel uncomfortable doing it, using it. You might feel like, well, am I being prideful by doing this? Uh, I mean, all kind of things. Because, listen, the enemy and the flesh don't want to do God's will. God, certainly the devil don't want you to do God's will, and your flesh don't want you to either. Your flesh don't like it. The flesh wants its way. Amen? My flesh wants to be on perpetual vacation. How about your flesh? I know y'all are too spiritual for that. but if I, if, I, if I let my flesh dictate to me, I'm telling you what, I'd be on perpetual vacation because that's what it wants to do. It don't want to work. It don't want to have any responsibility. It just wants what it wants when it wants it, and then it's happy. But here's the thing, what it wants when it wants usually is not the right thing. <laughs> That's why the Bible says we have to what? We have to crucify the flesh. And it's just simple, you just say no. And it's not always easy, but it's simple. <laughs> Amen. We want to be a profitable. Now, lastly, we're talking about activating our gift. Being a part of God's engine for vision. So, our attitude is everything. The reason many of us are not utilizing our gifting is because our attitude is wrong. You, there's only one attitude that will enable you to serve. Let's look over here in Philippians and see what that attitude is. Philippians chapter 2. It's the same attitude that Jesus had. Amen. Well, if Jesus had it, it must be good. It has to be good. And if, and if Jesus had it and it was good, then it would probably be good if we had it. <laughs> Notice what he says here, Philippians 2, verse 3. He said, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, there is the attitude of a servant. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Now, I'm telling you, that's sure not what my flesh wants to do. My flesh says, oh, it's me. Me, me, me. You know, and, and maybe your flesh will go out and say, okay, it's me and my wife and my kids. But that's about as far as the flesh will go a lot of times. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just me. I don't want to be inconvenienced. This is going to cost me something. Well, yeah. 
That's, that's the whole reason a lot of people don't do it. Because, I mean, if it didn't cost you anything, everybody would probably do it. <laughs> he said, rather humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who, being in the nature of God, did not consider equality of God something to be used to his own advantage. Hello? He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient. How do you humble yourself? By becoming obedient. Amen. Obedient to use what God has given you. When I use, I begin to use what God's given me to serve others, I'm, I'm going to develop, I have to develop, it's impossible not to develop a spirit of humility, an attitude of humility. Because as soon as I start serving, it's not about me anymore, it's about someone else. It's about somebody else's benefit, it's about somebody else's welfare. And in this case, it would be about what? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ here at Passion. It's about the welfare of His people here. <clears throat> tell you, so much stuff going on in the body of Christ that is unnecessary if we just had this attitude. Amen? Do you know that humility has never been offended? You can't offend humility. It's absolutely impossible to offend a person of humility. You can't do it. The only, thing, only reason we get offended is our pride. It's where our area of pride is. I deserve better. I deserve more. What about me? Y'all need to be in the ministry about a month. That'll help you. Find out what I, some of y'all look at me like a cow at a new gate, but it's true. Humility is the badge of the servant. You can't, you can't offend a servant. You can't. Jesus couldn't be offended. And the Bible says, as we serve one another, as we serve one another, what we're releasing that grace that is in the gift that is in us, we're releasing that into the lives of God's people. And He said, when we all do that together. Corporately, it builds up the whole body. And you know what? When you serve that way, you can't be offended. I mean, you can't be run off from Passion Church. Let alone leave. Let that sink in, some of y'all. It's true. See, it's only our pride. I'll tell you what, I don't like how he preaches. I don't like the way they do the music. I don't like the way the building is. I don't like, I don't, I don't like, I, 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 I. Sounds a whole lot like Lucifer over there where he said, I, 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 I. <laughs> I don't like the way God's running it, so I'm going to take over. <laughs> Basically what he's saying, wasn't it? I can do it better than God. 
All right. Humility is the badge of the servant. Listen, remember this. Pride elevates. Self elevates. Humility, God elevates. So you want the elevation that your pride can give you? Or do you want the elevation that God can give you? Notice what it says. We continue to read here in verse 9. Therefore, because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient, God exalted him to the highest place. Woohoo! Woo! Boy, I'd rather have some of God's promotion than my self promotion. Hadn't you? Because here's the thing about self promotion you can promote yourself in a place where you can get a whole bunch of trouble, and you can help other people get in a whole bunch of trouble. Amen? I don't want, I don't want any position that, that God didn't put me in. I don't want it. Man, it's, it's difficult enough if you've got the grace of God. If you hadn't, it's impossible. That's why I said, well, you, I know y'all think, I'm kidding sometimes. But I said, I'd be just as happy if you guys were up here and I was by out there. Probably be happier. <laughs> you, you, you do this and I'll do whatever it is that you're doing. Except seeing, y'all don't want me to sing. That would not be good. Let me give you a couple of action points. And we're going to have the Lord's table here. What's holding you back from using your gift or gifts? What's holding you back? What's holding you back? <clears throat> well, I don't know how to get involved. Very easy. Go online. We got all of our, our service teams are right there. Find one that fits your gift and sign up and get busy. Amen? Well, I don't really know how. Well, listen, you know what? We'll help you to learn how. But, you know, you won't, you know, if you stay in that Barca lounger, spiritually speaking, <laughs> you're never going to learn how to use it. Amen? You know, how'd you learn how to ride a bicycle? Well, I prayed a lot, Pastor. I'm telling you, man, I prayed. I fasted for 40 days. And bam! A Bible-writing anointing just came on me, and I took off. <laughs> See, we get so spiritual sometimes about being super spiritual. No, you just, you got on that, you got on that bike, and you just, you plop. You got back up on that bike, and you put on plop. So what's keeping you from... We're, we're, you know, we're real good at excuses. I know. I'm, I'm human too. That's the reason I know this. <laughs> we're good at making excuses. So I want to encourage you. Listen, I don't want to be, and I know you don't either, an unprofitable servant. And all we have to do is find our stick or our rock or our fish and, and begin to give it to the Lord in service. That's, that's all. That's all we have to do the rest he does he anoints the stick he anoints the rock he will multiply the fish we just we just give it to him amen would you bow your head i want to pray father right now lord as we contemplate and we're we're thinking about what you have given us and where you've called us here at passion church lord Lord, sometimes we can look at ourselves and think, 
Lord, I have so little to give. I, I, I feel so inadequate or whatever. But, Father, let each of us determine that we're going to give what you've given us. We're going to value it. We're going to esteem it as something from you. And knowing this, that as we give it and put it in your hand, you make the difference. You take our ordinary and make us extraordinary. Lord, I know that you want Passion Church to be extraordinary in God, extraordinary in our worship, extraordinary in our service, extraordinary in revealing the magnificent and mighty Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, you have an extraordinary place for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.